How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's. Welcome to The Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. And uh, here we are. Hello. How you doing? How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) This is The Approach Shot. I am John Ashton. He is Neil Michaels. And uh, this may be the first time you ever heard of us. And that's because this little podcast of ours is now officially syndicated on the radio all over the country. Ask me what cities, John. Go ahead. Where are we, man? <laughs> I'm right here. Where you be? <laughs> <laughs> We're on in cities like Little Rock, Houston, Atlanta, Portland, Oregon, Cumberland, Maryland, Boise, Wilmington, Delaware. Hello, Mr. President. Daytona Beach, <laughs> Dallas, Austin, and both of our hometowns. Louisville, Kentucky, and San Diego. So here we are. So we we have been doing this for just over a year. Yeah. The name may sound familiar, John Ashton, because there was some guy named John Ashton on just before us. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, that's still you. It's still me. That's still you. Yeah, they wouldn't let me out of the studio. They said, hey, John, as long as you're here. <laughs> right. We can't find favorite. somebody better, so what the hell? <laughs> now, this is, uh, this, this is a, sister, a sister broadcast to those weekend golf guys, or cousin, or, or aunt twice removed, or something. I'm not sure how the, how the I, I actually had an aunt that was twice removed, once to, the, to prison, and just once from Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner, because she was crazy. <laughs> we we are glad you are here. Uh, we do suggest maybe you check out uh, approachshot.net to catch up on some of the stuff we've done. If you listen to the next hour and say, hey, not too bad. These guys are pretty decent. They make me laugh. <laughs> I may hang out and listen to some more, but we've had some great guests and we're going to have a lot more great guests. And we've got one great guest coming up in just a very few minutes. His name is John Mahaffey. Yes, that John Mahaffey. That's right. Now, we do want to warn you, John Mahaffey is a storyteller, and he gets a little carried away at times. And, uh, you know, we're not going to go to John Mahaffey and tell him to shut up. So we uh, we didn't – we had some problems with time constraints. <laughs> and you'll understand what we're saying when we get into it. But uh, there's a story coming up about uh, John Mahaffey playing golf with Ben Hogan. And Ben Hogan being his mentor and the way that whole thing came about. We didn't have time to do the whole thing here on the radio, 
We'll tell you at the end of the show how to get the bonus content and hear the rest of that story. Hang out. We will be right back. Have current events affected the ability for you to pay your bills? Has your credit card debt overwhelmed you? Has your income decreased because you're working less or have you lost your job? Credit Guard of America may be able to help you find a solution to this problem. We offer a free no-obligation consultation to learn how you can cut your payments by up to half and potentially lower your interest down to zero. Credit Guard of America is an A-plus rated nonprofit company that will work on your behalf. Credit Guard of America is licensed in all 50 states and has counseled over 1 million consumers struggling with debt just like you. Let us help you analyze and prioritize your debt. Negotiate with your creditors to reduce interest and payments. Set up one affordable monthly payment and provide ongoing education and support. Call now for a free no-obligation consultation and learn how you can become debt-free. Call 800-613-7650. That's 800-613-7650. 800-613-7650. And thanks for hanging and coming back. We are The Approach Shot. I am John Ashton. He is Neil Michaels. Yes, there are two Johns. We promised you two Johns. And I don't I don't know if the other John has the same problem. But when someone says, hey, I got to go to the John, some of us prefer the term bathroom. I go for Lou myself. Yes. <laughs> See, now I went in a different way. I've been watching too many cop shows. I just assumed the two of you had something to do with hookers. So. <laughs> I prefer the fade myself. <laughs> we promised you some golf royalty. We've got some, and we want to introduce you to our guest today. And Neil, he's going to introduce the man who needs no introduction. I was Go going ahead. to say, you know what? When you say you need no introduction, and then I pick up the piece of paper that's got your introduction, there's some kind of contradiction there. It's the pride of Kerrville, Texas. Between 1973 and 1999, the man won 10 events on the PGA Tour, including the 1978 PGA Championship and the 1986 Player Championship. He went on to a successful career as an announcer on the Golf Channel, and now he is a successful author. And that's just a little teeny tiny bit of what we're (laughs) going to get into today with our guest, Mr. John Mahaffey. Welcome to the, The Approach Shot, John. Thanks, Neil. John, nice to be with you guys. And nice to have you here, sir. Uh, that playoff win of yours, however, um, I'm in Louisville, Kentucky, and you beat a fellow Louisvillian, Jody Mudd. I you, did. You're talking about the Texas Open, right? Yeah. Well, it was a little unfortunate on, on his part because he hit a pretty good shot, and the wind got it, and he buried it in the lip of a bunker, and it took him a while to get out. You know, and I'm on the green. That, that was a pretty simple <laughs> deal to go ahead and get out of there. You know, I had to catch him from behind to get there. So it was a good week for me, plus a place yes. that I that I love to play because only 60 miles from where I grew up. And so so pros have trouble getting out of bunkers too, huh? Well, that one buried about as deep as I've ever seen one bury. He's a strong guy, but he had it right up underneath the lip. And really, he didn't have much of a chance. He really didn't. And they came back in his footprint, kind of deal, all that. And anything that could go wrong did, that, that kind of deal. Now, do you remember that those details so succinctly because it was a win or do you remember all of the shots that, that meant something to you that well? I think pretty much all the shots, except that tournament for me was, I mean, the PGA that I won was obviously very special to get a major and also to win the players. But as I said, I grew up about 60 miles west of San Antonio. And my first golf tournament I ever saw, uh, my uncle took me. I was about 13 or 14 years old, only been playing for a few years. And uh, he had some tickets that uh, a banker friend of his got for the Texas Open 
So we went on the weekend, and of course, when we get there, growing up, Arnold Palmer was my hero. I mean, I I loved Arnold Palmer. Who didn't? You know, I mean, he's the king, still is, in my mind, always will be. So when we get there, my Uncle Henry goes, okay, he says, uh, so who do you want to follow? I said, Arnold Palmer. You know, and he rolls his eyes, and, there's, you know, Oak Hills is a very, on a very small piece of property, and when you get people 10 thick, you know, on both sides of the fairway, there's not a whole, it looks like a bowling alley kind of thing. <laughs> to try to see anything, I saw quite a few shots that Arnold hit, but the great thing about it is, first golf tournament, first time I'd ever seen golf live, like that, and he's playing with two great guys, too. I mean, Chi Rodriguez. Uh-huh. who was uh, pretty young on the tour at that time. And then also Gene Littler, who became a very good friend of mine and a partner at one time in a junior-senior event on the tour. So that was a marvelous, marvelous thing to, to be able to watch those guys. And then Chi-Chi put on an exhibition at a lighted golf course that night, nine holes at Pecan Valley, where Julius Boros won the PGA. Chi-Chi put on a, an exhibition, played the nine holes and stuff. And I'm sitting there, and he's about the same size that I was back then. And uh, wish I was still there. He could hit it nine miles and stuff. And a great, you know, a terrific inspiration. But to win on a golf course that I saw my first professional tournament on, it meant so much to me. Yeah. And a beautiful Tillinghast golf course. It was, it was just something I'll never forget. You know, the the interesting thing about you mentioning your uncle Henry is when I was reading your book, Hogan's Boy. Mm-hmm. There, I gave you the, the proper plug there. For the, for those who are listening on the podcast or on the radio, I held up the book. If you're watching on the, the video, I guess I didn't need to explain that. I was really taken by two people in your past, your Uncle Henry and Otis Meredith. Right. And I would love for you to tell everybody the, the Otis Meredith story, because I just think it's so inspiring and there's just not enough Otis Merediths in the world. Well, there really aren't. Well, I grew up on a little golf course, a little nine-hole golf course, uh, public golf course called Kerrville Municipal, uh, where the guy that sold uh, your greens fee was also the guy that mowed the greens and stuff. There wasn't any professional there whatsoever. And I started out when I was 11 years old. uh, My baseball team didn't get into the playoffs, my little league team. So a buddy of mine, we still had a few weeks left before school started. So he said, you want to go try to play golf? I've never played golf in my life. My parents didn't play and we didn't have any golf clubs. So I borrowed my uncle's clubs. I started practicing and all that kind of stuff. Well, um, then years later, after I'd already seen Arnold Palmer and stuff, I'm still working on my game, but I've never had any formal uh, instruction. The practice tee we had at Kerrville Municipal was just a bunch of dirt that they put up with a tractor, and it had flint rock in it and everything like that. And I got all the golf balls. I caddied most of the day, and then I'd I'd practice after that in the summertime. So then I'd get all my practice balls and stuff out of the creeks and all that kind of stuff, put them in a gunny sack and hit them and go out and pick them up and hit them again. Well, Otis Meredith was was a a lawyer from Houston that used to come to the hill country of Texas because it was cooler than Houston that time of year. And uh, anyway, he was a, I think, Houston country club member. He played all day long. He loved to play golf. And he'd see me over there practicing, Arcadian and practice. So one day, uh, the, the clubhouse was way up on this hill. So his cart comes bouncing down the hill. And he comes over to me and he goes, you know, young man, I got to tell you something. He said, I love your work ethic, but the way you swing at it, you can't kill snakes with that golf swing. He says, I got a friend of mine and he was right too. You know, I'm trying to hit these, I'm hitting these big low duck hook things and everything. I think it's great because, you know, Arnold Palmer hooked it, you know, and all that stuff. So I'm playing this. It wasn't a, it wasn't a draw. This was a hook. Okay. Anyway, power draw. Power draw. Yeah. It's uh oh, that kind of shot. Yeah. But so he comes down and he's got this book in the cart and he walks over to me. He says, I got a friend of mine out of Fort Worth that, that wrote this book and I think it might help you. And it was Hogan's 
five uh, lessons of fundamentals of golf. And I read that and became my golf, my golf Bible, basically, all the way through college and stuff. I really never had any formal instruction, but uh, that was good enough. You know, I, I, I learned a lot from that book. Well, he and I were the same height and all that kind of stuff. So I figure, you know, if I'm going to copy somebody, I don't want to copy somebody that's six, eight. That's not going to work for me. Right. You know, I, I didn't quite understand all the stuff in the book at that time, but kind of worked through it and uh, and got to where I had a pretty consistent golf swing. There's probably <laughs> nobody better that you could emulate uh, no. than Ben Hogan. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. That was the beginning of a lifetime lug affair, uh, life lifetime easy for me to say a yeah. lifetime love affair with one of the greats and we both talk for a living mm. yeah i used to <laughs> <laughs> and uh the only one bad word away from getting fired you know i, yeah. I learned that one right on the first day hogan was an inspiration for me and also my mentor for quite a while 21 years i spent 17 of them on the tour that uh he was my mentor. So, I mean, it was it was incredible. The uh, the story behind that, I think, is kind of cool, too, because when I, I went to the University of Houston, I was fortunate enough to play on two national championship teams and won the NCAA individually in 1970 as well. So uh, if you did that at Houston, Jimmy Demerit and Jackie Burke started a golf course called Champions. If you played at Houston and had aspirations to play the tour, they'd invite you to work in a pro shop, probably to tell you that or show you that you really don't want to work there and ask, you know, try to answer Mr. and Mrs. Jones, why did my cart break down on 14 and what are you going to do about it? And these balls don't go as far as advertised, all that kind of stuff, you know. And, uh, but to learn that, uh, you know, and, and help you get out on the tour, basically. Practice on the two really good golf courses, practice tee and stuff like that was great. All the people that used to come through there, Jimmy DeMerit knew all the celebrities. And all these celebrities put their name on a golf tournament. Andy Williams, uh, Glenn Campbell, Dean Martin. I mean, all these people were coming down there. And, and uh, Bing Crosby would come down. So, I mean, I knew these people before I ever went on tour, which is a great thing to do. Wow. But mm -hmm. the great wow. part about this whole deal was that Ben Hogan was Jimmy Demerit's best friend. And Mr. Demerit knew that I had learned how to play golf out of Hogan's book. So, and, and all the guys that were assistants with me there at the time, they knew that I was trying to, I was going to try to play the tour. And whether it be jealous, jealousy or whatever, just try to get at me, they were always kidding me about things. One day, one evening, I get a call from one of the assistants. It was the, the guy that did the most digging. And he says, uh, Mr. Demerit wants to know if you want to come be his partner tomorrow and play against Jackie Burke and Ben Hogan. Because Mr. Hogan's coming in early for the Houston International. He's coming in a week early. And I, I thought, uh, you know, this has got to be a joke. You know, and they said, no, it's not. You know, be there at 9 in the morning. So I get there about 7.30. And uh, 8 o'clock, these guys are down on the right side of the practice team. And I go way over to the left. Now, I'm scared to death. We're going to have to stop you right there, John. We've got to take a quick break. But the rest of this story, which is a great story, will be available ApproachShot.net to look for bonus content. It's free to go there. ApproachShot.net. Net. Hang out with the show. We will be right back. If you're like me, you've been hearing a lot about burials and cremation lately. It's kind of a sad thought, but thousands of these poor souls have to be stored in these big refrigerator trucks, waiting sometimes weeks before they can be put to rest. And then, and then the average funeral cost is over ten grand. I don't have that kind of money just lying around. Do you? Everyone has the right to die with dignity, and an affordable burial policy can be had for as little as a dollar a day. Call Final Expense Network for a free quote. They shop for affordable rates from brand name companies, folks you've heard of. One call and you get coverage to finish well. You can even name your church as a beneficiary. Come on, you have loved ones. 
Don't leave them at the last hour of their need. Call now, 800-589-0470. That's the Final Expense Network at 800-589-0470. Finish well. Make a quick call to 800-589-0470. The way you yelled that, don't anybody move, I I thought you were Ben Hogan there for a minute. I was imitating him. (laughs) There you go. We know you're not on the tour. Don't move. (laughs) Don't move. Yeah, exactly. We've been doing this for for almost a couple of 70 shows now. I've never wanted to applaud at the end of a story. But (laughs) that was beautiful. Well, you know, guys, I got to tell you, I think I'm one of the luckiest guys that's ever been put on this earth for a lot of different reasons. One is I was never supposed to live. I was a premature baby. I spent two months in in a incubator and I got through that. I had polio when I was four years old, got past that, never supposed to never be able to play athletics. And I, I lettered in every athletic thing I played with in, in high school. Uh, I had scholarships to play basketball and golf. Uh, I wasn't going to make it at five, nine, play basketball any further than that. But, you know, uh, just and, and then to be able to work, uh, have, a, have a, a tremendous career, get invited uh, scholarship to University of Houston, the number one school at the time in, in, in collegiate golf to be successful there, to be able to work for Jackie Burke and Jimmy DeMerit, to meet Mr. Hogan, to be you know involved with Mr. Hogan for 17 years. I mean, it's just right place, right time, right people. And, and you had not had any formal golf instruction up to that point? Zero. Wow. Yeah. So right, you I'm get a scholarship to the number one golf college without ever having taken a lesson in golf, except exactly. for reading Hogan's book. Right. Oh, I hit a lot of golf balls, though. I hit a lot of golf balls, <laughs> and I think that's one reason he liked me. He knew my he knew my work ethic was good. You still have to hit them right, though, John. Well, that's the whole thing. The book helped a lot. I mean, it really did. The basic fundamentals. I still I still look at that. I mean, I don't play much. I don't play hardly at all anymore. I haven't for three years. But uh, that would that was the thing I'd go back and check because every guy, even at the top level, every guy gets off a little bit. And usually it's one of the fundamentals. Most of the time it's alignment. Guys, right-handed players get, tend to aim too far right, come across the, and uh, lose power and direction. But, uh, you know, it was uh, it was something that I believed in. There was a couple of things I didn't quite understand, and I thought some of the illustrations might be a little exaggerated. And when I played with him, they were, sort of, but not anything that would have would have hampered anybody. They're the best. It's the best instruction of luck I could have I possibly could have read. You're right. Hey, John, let me jump in here because I know we only have about five or six minutes left in this segment. So, you know, I'm going to ask you to, to tell a story, but I, unfortunately, we have to keep it a little shorter. Okay, I'm um, sorry. Your <laughs> first major was the 1970 U.S. Open. And in the book, Hogan's Boy, you tell a great story about Orville Moody, which I just loved. Can you Can you kind of give us a feel for what that was all about? Well, it was the first time I'd ever qualified for uh, for any kind of – a professional tournament at all, uh, and then to have it the you know the U.S. Open in uh, at Hazeltine in Chaska, which is a controversial golf course to begin with, and so I, I walk into the locker room and you know it's alphabetical, and so I'm sitting down and Oral Moody sits beside me. He goes, "Hey, how you doing?" And I said, "I'm doing great." He said, "You know, I met you down there in the University of Houston." He came in and gave us a couple of clinics and stuff. He was a great guy, and uh, he says, "You want to play a practice round?" 
he's the defending U.S. Open champion, <laughs> <laughs> and asked me to play a practice again, right place, right time, right guy. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, of course, I played with him, and and uh, and we had a great time. And and I, that, that guy never missed a fairway. He hit it straight at anybody I've ever seen, other than Calvin Pete. Calvin Pete was pretty good about that, but uh, much later on. But during that week, it, it uh, I made the cut and uh, had the opportunity to play with Lee Trevino on Sunday. Mm. And uh, Lee, we're walking down the last few holes, he's, and he looks up at the scoreboard, and he says, you know what? He says, because uh, I, I think they had an amateur thing over there, too, for low amateur kind of stuff. He says, you know, if you can, if you kind of, if you par in and make a birdie or something, you can be low amateur, or you can tie Ben Crenshaw for low amateur. So mm -hmm. I end up, I end up doing that. I end up pouring in and, and uh, I tied Ben Crenshaw for low amateur and uh, we're walking out of the scoring tent and Lee goes, uh, he never knows anybody's name still doesn't. He said, Hey pro, Hey guy, you know, he goes, Hey, uh, you think about playing the tour? And I said, well, yeah. He says, well, I'm going to tell you something, that little duck hook you got going in going to work too good for you out there. <laughs> You're not big enough or tall enough to hit it a high draw. He says, you're going to, I mean, you got away with it. You got up and down out of the garbage can and everything here. You putt like a dream, but you've got to learn how to play different kinds of shots. And for you, you're like me, you got, you need to hit a fade. And when you get done with that little ceremony you're going to do over there with the guys in the gray suits and the tie, he says, I want to I want, come over here and meet me at the practice team. I want to show you something. So this was the week before the NCAA. All right. And. He, I go over there. He shows me how he fades the ball, how he he's able to do it and do it consistently. It's nothing uh, all that difficult to do. It's just basically alignment and then club path and all that following your your shoulders and your hips, but and clearing the left side quicker. Anyway, I did that, uh, and I went to the NCAA the next week and beat Lanny Watkins by a shot, and which he'll never let me forget. By the way, my partner on television for quite a while. <laughs> Every time we talked about NCAA, oh, this sucker, he chipped it in 10 times on the back nine. <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, getting that lesson from Trevino and being able to work the ball and then uh, from left to right, it gave me, I, I was more, I wasn't really, uh, I had more things that I could do with golf shots. I wasn't one dimensional. I could do a lot of different things. So there weren't a whole lot of things. And, and Hogan liked that. He liked mm -hmm. the fact he didn't want somebody to be one dimensional. He wanted somebody to be able to trust the shot to hit at the right time, which right. was fairway curved or whatever to be able to work it that way. So there's, there's a great quote in your book in Hogan's boy from Lee Trevino. It says only bad golfers are lucky. They're the ones bouncing balls off trees, curbs, turtles, and cars. Good golfers have bad luck. When you hit the ball straight, a funny bounce is bad is bound to be unlucky. And I thought yeah. that was great because, you know, I'm a bad golfer. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, all these guys became really good friends of mine, too. Trevino helped me a bunch on the tour. He taught me the little bladed shot. Uh, he taught me just a whole bunch of things about how, you know, when you're up against the fringe and stuff like that. I lost the Tournament of Champions because I tried to putt from that that position. He's waiting into practice. To, I mean, waiting when I walk out of the scoring tent again. He's got three golf balls and a wedge, and he's saying, come here. Let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so – yeah, he taught me how to fade it. He taught me how to hit the bladed shot. I mean, that's the thing about the tour back in the day. And we didn't have all we didn't have a, a team with us. All right, we were pretty much individuals, but we were traveling circus. I mean, here we, we're all we're on a fishbowl. Everybody, you know, it's a very small group of people in a great fraternity. But we'd all if a guy thought and you know, he was really a good player, um, 
Hall of Fame guy and all that kind of stuff, really talented. If you had the talent and you were willing to work at it, they would help you. They really would. They'd give you some tips and, and, and help you out because it, they thought it was for the best, better part of the game. Yeah. Seems to me that you have a very high tolerance for intimidation. What? Being, being with, with, you know, I mean, if Ben Hogan or anybody of that ilk, no matter how good I thought I was, asked me to play with them, I would have been a quivering mass of jello. <laughs> well, I was close. <laughs> but that's that's how you but get better. You get one, man. You know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but well, first of all, you when you when you have all these people behind you, it it, it gives you a lot of extra confidence too. I mean, the fact that, that Jimmy Demerit had the the wherewithal to ask Ben Hogan to play, you know, that that was a pretty big deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Hogan didn't just play with everybody. He didn't play fun golf either. You know, he he told me one time, I don't play fun golf. Okay. <laughs> we're we're going to go play. We're going to play for money. We're going to play hard. Yeah. You know, when I like that. Yeah. Oh. Speaking of playing for money, let me, let me ask you, do you think anybody is ever going to forgive Phil Mickelson and let him back in? You know, I, I don't know that that's a, that's a very awkward situation about you know, golf has become so popular and there's so many tremendous players in today's world all over the world. Yeah. That, uh, you know, and you see in that you see in different guys win so much now because they're all really, really good. Yeah. And, you know, you wonder. So the, I, I remember back in the day, uh, Dean Beeman was a friend of mine before he became commissioner, right before he came commissioner. He was talking about how all these different companies and stuff and all around the world were trying to come after the big three, you mm-hmm. know, Arnold, Arnold, Jack and Gary. And and those guys. And he said something that was kind of kind of cool, stuck in my mind. He said, "You know, you got to dance with who brung you." Yeah. And they knew who made them. The PGA Tour makes you or breaks you, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And uh, I, I think their loyalty was uh, was fantastic. And you know, of course, they had opportunities to go, and they were paid, you know, exhibition to, to do exhibitions and stuff like that. But that it didn't interfere with their tour schedule. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just like you say it's it's a very awkward situation all the way around. But uh, I feel sorry for Phil. I really do. In a way, it, I, I just sometimes it's better to say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> and this just the in a week from when this airs. Yeah, just, I, just I'm going to finish that. I'm going to finish that question for you. We've got the Masters. Coming right up, if you had to pick right now, who do you think would be your choice for the winner of the Masters? Uh, Justin Thomas. Really? Mm-hmm. The, I love the, his golf swing. I love Justin Thomas is the kind of guy that would have played good in at any era, in any era. He works the ball. He's got a beautiful golf swing, great tempo. Nothing seems to bother him. Uh, uh, and he's got, he's got a PGA under his belt, you know, uh, and he's not quite 30 yet, I don't think, is he? I'm not really sure. And, uh, you know, and, and I started playing my best golf when I was 30 years old, really. So, I mean, he's got he's got his future ahead of him, and he's a hell of a player. And I, I think, you know, I think he's got the golf game to do it. He's got the height to hit it. He's got the distance. He's uh, terrific around the greens. So that's my pick. All right. Justin Thomas is, is John Mahaffey's pick to win the Masters. You heard it here first. 
we I don't know him, but he's from Louisville, but I know his dad. And and we've I, I used to tease his dad. I say I knew you when you were Mike Thomas, not Justin's dad. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Beautiful. More with Tom Mahaffey. We got it coming up right here on the Approach Shot. Hang out. Hi, it's John. I thought I had control, Ashton, and I don't. I thought I was in control of my retirement money. I got a 401k. You may have similar retirement plans. You know, the government controls it. They decide how much you can borrow, when you can borrow it, when you pay it back, how much the interest is, how much the penalty is if you can borrow it too soon or pay it back too late or way too long. Even though it's your money, you are not in control. And the way these guys in Washington spend money, who knows how much you'll have to pay in taxes during a retirement that could last 30 years. Bank on yourself. I want you to remember that name. Bank on yourself. It's a better way to grow and protect your hard-earned money. This retirement plan alternative has never had a losing year in over 160 years. You will get guaranteed predictable growth in retirement income with no luck, skill, or guesswork required. Tax-free retirement income. You interested in that? You will know what your tax rate will be in retirement zero under current tax law, which protects you from the coming tax tsunami and liquidity. You can get access to your money when you want it for any purpose with no questions asked and even use it for purchases or opportunities without interrupting the growth of those dollars. Now, this is a strategy that businesses like McDonald's and Walt Disney used when no banker would lend them a dime and almost anyone can do it. You can get a free report that details all of this and more. How adding bank on yourself to your financial plan can help you take back control of your money. Just go to bankonyourself.com slash golf. That's bankonyourself.com slash golf. And we are back lots more with John Mahaffey. Um, the, the man has known all of the greats, all of the iconic players on the PGA Tour of our generation. Of, uh, of the stuff we grew up, the guys we grew up watching, from uh, Arnie Palmer to Nicholas and Gary Player and, and, and Ben Hogan. I mean, Ben Hogan not only not only took you under his wing, but he made you golf clubs, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we have six specific questions, however, that we have been, well, I haven't. I don't do that. Neil has been working feverishly. We call it a six-pack, and we want to get to that right now. All right, John. So here's the way this works. The six-pack of questions is are questions that are designed to get an answer from you that is right off the top of your head. If we think that you're thinking about it or going to mull it over, you hear, you're going to hear that, and that's how you know, uh, sorry, we're not putting up with that. So here we go. Top, we're going to give you six questions. Just give us the first thing that comes to mind. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Question one, living or dead, would you say – you would like to have a beer and talk sports with who? And you can't say Ben Hogan. I can't have a beer because I haven't had a drink in 22 years. So that's let's make it dinner. <laughs> if I uh, Arnold Palmer, you know, it's too easy. It's too easy. I, I knew we were going to go there. <laughs> All right, we'll let you. We'll let you slide through that one. Question two: You have reinvented yourself twice. First, as a successful announcer on the Golf Channel, and now as a writer. The approach shot genie is out of his bottle and is granting you one wish. Would you choose to win the Masters once in your career, to win an Emmy for your golf coverage on television, or to have a New York Times bestseller? New York Times bestseller. 
Is the, is that because that's the part of your life you're in now? Yes. Okay. And it's it's the newest challenge, and I love that. Yeah, we love it for you, and we're going to get to your new books, uh, the new book here in a minute. All right, question three, and I want you to think about this for a second. We will let you think about this one. What's the craziest golf shot you ever hit that turned out better than it should have? Wow. I can only think of the ones that didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that may work here too. We'll we'll let you bend the question. I mean, uh can I can I, the worst one that ever turned out? Sure, I, absolutely. Uh, I was That's always a, a good question. driver of the golf ball and playing on the on the senior tour. I was playing in uh in North Carolina and I was I was driving the ball just absolutely perfect. And I get on this par five, uh, my second to last hole, and I say, unload on one and it goes dead left. I mean, dead left and dead left doesn't work for me since I was a kid. I, I don't hit those shots. <laughs> so, uh, but it, <laughs> then I looked down at my driver and the head spinning on the staff. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I figure I got, <laughs> that really wasn't my fault. <laughs> the epoxy broke loose. <laughs> so, you know, and I don't get to hit that one again either, which is kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. That's probably a much better answer than what we had asked. Yeah. What's the look my on wife, your face? My wife looks at me she goes, and she gives me this, what's the deal? I'm going, I don't know. Then I, then I hold up the driver, you know, and the head's falling off. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How'd you finish? I guess you only had two holes left. I only had two holes to go, and there's no cut, so it wasn't any big deal. And I wasn't going to win the tournament anyway. So, uh, But still, that's that's the one that comes to mind. I, I want a picture in my mind of you standing there with the head spinning, trying to figure out what the heck to do well, next. Well, the th deal was the look over to the left and going, how did that happen? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was worse than a double cross. Oh, I love it. All right. Question four. Ben Hogan was known for his technique and the love of the game. Arnie was known for his aura and his army. What would you like this and future generations of golf fans to know you for? Oh, boy. Probably uh, entertainment. I want to be an entertainer. I, I always felt like I, I was a good entertainer. I thought that I, for a lot of different reasons, uh, not just on the golf course, but I used to imitate T.T. Rodriguez and Gary Player and uh, Henry Longhurst and stuff like that at Pro-Am dinners and things. So I, I kind of like the spotlight a little bit. Somebody that enjoyed life. Good, good. Because we could tell you're very shy. Yes. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm in my shell. <laughs> Question five. Speaking of, what's the funniest thing that the TV audience did not hear you say on the Golf Channel? That ball hit right where it landed. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I wish I had 12 questions. Oh, brilliant. All right, question six, and we ask this of everybody who comes on the show. Since we are the approach shot, John Mahaffey, in your approach to life, what one rule do you live by? At, at this stage of my life, uh, probably to do unto others as I would have them do unto me more than anything else. Uh, I was sort of a – I had a, a, a questionable time in my life that I wasn't that good a person, and I'm just glad it, it, uh, I was able to turn it around. Very cool. Excellent. Very cool indeed. John Mahaffey, you are off the hot seat. Well done, sir. Thank you. And, and now I'm going to... 
the first guest that took this don't think about it seriously. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding up the two books. Right. So uh, John has has not only uh, written Hogan's Boy, which most of you who are golf fans know about. It came out in 2015. It's autobiographical. It's a great, great, great read. I got to tell you, I must have gone through it in an hour, hour and a half. It was brilliant. It was insightful. The stories are terrific. Uh, you, you tell it with such emotion that it's it feels more like we're sitting down and having a, you know a soda with you instead of we're reading a book. So I, I got to tell you, I just enjoyed the heck out of that. Thank you. But having said that, his new book is called Shafted, and it is not autobiographical. It is an actual mystery novel. It is. And uh, How did you get into that, and what made you go from golf to being a mystery writer? Well, the, the thing is, it's golf-related, first of yeah. all. And uh, there's five books in this series. All right, I've written four of them already. I'm in the halfway through the fifth one. Uh, the second book's going to come out pretty soon. And, uh, you know, it's called Unfinished Business, which is kind of cool anyway. Uh, all the time that we travel, not driving, driving uh, like we did first early part of the tour, I didn't have time to do this. But we started flying across country, overseas and stuff. I got to where I really like mystery novels because I could escape. And it was a great way to do that. And, you know, trying to figure out the plot and all this kind of stuff. Plus, I mentioned this earlier, sort of living in a in a fishbowl where uh, you, you have a small group of people that you travel with all the time. And you listen and you see and you watch and you go, I wonder what's going on with him. I wonder if this is happening. I wonder if that's happening. Different scenarios keep popping around and all of a sudden. And then you you see hear about guys and their managers take their money. They see this. This happens. And you know, divorces and this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, these things start building up. And when I left the Golf Channel three years ago, I'd been with them 15 years. And quite honestly, I had I had a blast being there. I really did. I learned a lot about television, loved the people I work with. And I think I just got kind of tired of traveling. I really did. And I wanted to do something different. And I had written, I'd written Hogan's Boy. I didn't realize how hard it was to transition from writing passively, which you do in nonfiction, to fiction where you have to be active voice. Mm -hmm. And I've had several editors uh, sort of like worse than your worst English teacher. <laughs> you can't do that. You know, anyway, I've learned how to write a little bit better. Each book's better than the other one. But uh, and, and weave a story in with characters. I mean, it's not any, it's not really that much different than golf. I mean, you assess the situation. All right. And you evaluate what you have to use. And then you got, you got to visualize it like you do a golf shot like that. Then you got to create it. You got to make it happen. It's all pretty much the same thing. So it's, but it's just, you're writing it rather than playing it. Mm -hmm. Well, when you read it, you will notice that it is golf related. You'll notice that, the, some of the main characters are from Texas. And so, you know, there's a lot of John Mahaffey woven into the book. You really enjoy it. I did. And and pick it up. It's called Shafted. It's by John. And, and again, it's the first of a series. Yeah. And, it, uh, you know, it, it was fun writing this one. It was fun being able to continue on. Every It's, uh, it's about a family. And uh, they just build on, they start a company called Nemesis. And it's, it's, I'm not going to give all the stories away, but the one thing that I do like about this book is 
I made Hogan a promise. He told me quite a bit of quite a few things about really how to play golf, not necessarily how to swing, but different things, and a little bit about the swing. Well, these are all woven in and out of these these novels. All right, and if you read closely enough, I think it might help a few players out there. I really do. It's not it's, if it, it's really not the secret, but it sort of is. Okay. And, you know, one thing I think people don't know about you is that you appeared in Tin Cup, the movie. Mm -hmm. So, you know, once you're done being an author, maybe you'll you'll reinvent yourself again and go be an actor. I only got one line. McAvoy, who the hell is McAvoy? <laughs> <laughs> and I, that didn't even get me an Academy Award. If that's no, actor. I can't believe it. Man. And it delivered it perfectly. It did get you a separate listing on Google as an actor, though. That's I know. true, it did. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Oh, boy. What an actor, huh? <laughs> Your IMDb credits just keep going up and up and up and up. I see you. I hear that. Fantastic. Uh, real quick, John, what kind of advice would you give to somebody today who's looking to maybe play golf professionally? Compete. Compete as much as you possibly can. Uh, what's happened, so, and I love it for the game of golf, too. It's, it's terrific. The kids are starting out younger and younger and younger, getting involved with the game of golf. And so, and then the competition, too. I'm not saying that the parents ought to pressure these kids. But if a, if a kid's really interested and he wants to do it, the more you compete, the better you get. The, the more mistakes you, you make under pressure, the more you learn. Mm -hmm. And then you don't make them again. You know, so I, I think uh, I had to learn a lot of that when I got on the tour. And uh, the kids today, the junior programs around the country, around the world, are terrific. And uh, it's and they, they're really growing the game. And I love that. And if, you know, if you don't have the patience to read a book, take a lesson. You there know. you go. It doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of professionals around and know what they're talking about. They really do. Definitely. It's just, I mean, we have we have a love for the game. I know both both Neil and I love the yes, game. We, we both we play it to different degrees of of quality. <laughs> um, I he would have says I, he just said I stink. He stinks, and I'm not all that good myself. <laughs> I will tell I will tell you this. I haven't played golf in three years. I had to have uh, bilateral hip surgery ten years ago. Not to be able to play golf again, but to be able to walk. Uh, because I was a premature baby, my hips never fully developed. So I was playing on borrowed time anyway. Didn't know it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I miss it. I miss it more than anything. And what I miss the most is being able to be in contention coming down to the last nine holes. Yeah. I, that, you know, and playing against your peers and playing, and, you know, you're playing against the best. That's why I wanted everybody to be playing their best when I won. So I knew that I beat the best at their best. You know, which was, I mean, lots of great memories there. But John, Neil, thank you both very much, too. And uh, I'm sorry about messing up on the, those six questions so much but uh, and reinventing them, but I had to fit an answer. <laughs> you know, we do get, we get every once in a while, I'll get a tweet where people ask if we give people the questions ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And you made it sound like I did because <laughs> you had answers. Listen, I won't, I won't tell them. <laughs> okay, perfect. We'll just keep that between us. <laughs> okay, I like it. John Mahaffey, man, it has been our total pleasure to spend the last hour with you. Thank you so much for being with us here on the Approach Shop.
Do you use Viagra or Cialis? Have you been thinking about trying Viagra or Cialis? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $2 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for Viagra, you're being taken to the cleaners. Our pill delivers the exact same results for less than $2. We'll do the math for you. You save more than $16 a pill for the same results. Want more? We'll give you 45 blue pills or 45 yellow pills for $99 and add 5 more pills free. You save more than $500. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know what to do next. You need to call us at 800-708-5127 and get your 50 pills for just $99. Stop overpaying for Viagra. Call us and start saving a ton of money for the exact same results. Ordering is fast and easy with your pills delivered to your door in an unmarked package. Call us right now. 800-708-5127. 800-708-5127. 800-708-5127. Thanks for being here for the whole thing, man. We do appreciate it. How about that for a guest first out of the gate? John Mahaffey. He was, I didn't realize that he had won on the tour 10 times, 10 yeah. times. That's pretty impressive. Now we do want to tell you something. Um, one is we, when we record this, we also record a video version that you can catch if you go to uh, weekendgolfguys.tube. All right. There will be a video up there of it, but also a little bonus content for you. Uh, you, you heard John start the story about playing with Ben Hogan. You may you notice know. that you didn't hear the end of the story. <laughs> so if you want to hear the rest of the story, you can just go to weekendgolfguys.tube or you can go to approachshot.net and the uh, the the end of the Ben Hogan story will be uh, an audio file that you can choose uh, and, and listen, and you really need to because it's, it's one heck of a story. <laughs> and, and we promise you this wasn't a bait and switch kind of thing. He just ran long and... The editor came back and he said, so we've got 10 minutes extra. (laughs) What you want me to do with this? (laughs) So so that you can hear the rest of the story, please do go to weekendgolfguys.tube or go to approachshot.net and listen to it because it's very worth it. You know, you don't tell a guy like John Mahaffey to be quiet. Yeah, good. Don't say, John, yeah, shut up. Yeah, we- <laughs> do one of these things. Good. Wrap good it up, buddy. Up. <laughs> hey, when you go to ApproachShot.net, you'll notice that you can download any of our former podcasts. And by the way, you could do this any place that you download a podcast. We would appreciate if you went to Apple or Spotify or one of those places. We've had luminaries on before like Dale Murphy and Jeff Garcia, Chris Sabo, Tony Jacklin, Max Homa, Brett Boone. Um, Not only can you go back and listen to those, take a listen to any of the former shows, going all the way back to our very first one where Joey Greco was on and he was hysterical. But then again, we've also got some great luminaries coming up. So I tell you what, just join us, hang out with us. And wherever you're listening to us now, just join us every week. And we promise to bring you some laughs and some interesting guests. Okay, we can promise the interesting guests. The laugh, we can promise that depends. at least one laugh per show. <laughs> okay. See there, we just got yours. There we go. That's mine. <laughs> My quota has been fulfilled. There right. you go. So again, check us out, approachshot.net or weekendgolfguys.tube. Okay. Till next week, you got to remember that we love golf. You love golf. Golf is a game, but keep in mind, the same people invented golf and called it a game that invented bagpipes and called it music. And also remember that life is a gift. Go open it. 
You've been listening to The Approach Shot with the Weekend Golf Guys. If you like this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. And find us on the web at ApproachShot.net. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's.